Good everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Catch-Up. We're here to bring you the latest Fortnite's news and updates. And with me, we have Gian. Welcome back, mate. Good to have you, mate. Good to have you back. Good to have you back, mate. Mate, it's been an interesting last two weeks. Yeah, finally. Finally, we're seeing a little bit of green in the market, which is positive, the start of this week. But um, Yeah, well, don't say too much. We'll break that down in a second. But (laughs) yeah, um, yeah, just to guess a bit of a high-level overview on what we'll go through today. We've got our thoughts on the markets coming up very shortly. We've also got the latest in the space of CPI and key inflation data reports. So we'll just go over that to make sure everyone's abreast on that one. Got the latest update on the Terra 2.0 launch and move. We have some news on the newest algorithmic stablecoin. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, yeah, just thought we'd let everyone know about that one too. Some news on the centralized digital currency movement around the globe. Got a new country committing to that one. Uh, so an interesting one there that we'll talk about as well. And yeah, I guess it you know could be bullish signs for the crypto catch-up. We've actually got some Elon and Doge news, so we'll um, we'll touch on that too, as well as just looking at some of the market movers over the last two weeks. Mate, let's buy it in. What's your thoughts on what's happening? Oh yeah, well I mean nine weeks are red for for Bitcoin, so we're definitely due a bit of green at some point, a bit of respite. So yeah, it looks like there's finally the pain might be over at least temporarily speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think yeah the the Nasdaq and the S and P five hundred both broke out of their downtrends late last week. Um, so I think that's kind of kicked us a little bit into gear. BTC was initially lagging and crypto still looked pretty weak though. So there was talks of whether or not it was depegging from, you know, the conventional markets because it traditionally does follow those two indexes. But yeah, obviously started this week and, and into the tail end of the weekend, it's, it's kind of kicked back up and that may have been caused by some key data that was released early Friday morning US time last week. So there was some key data around core personal uh, consumption price index which only rose just 0.2%, which is down 0.9% from March. So there is, I suppose, some signs there showing that the work the reserves are doing, particularly in the US, is actually having some effect. And yeah, that news story, off the back of that, there was a massive pump in the NASDAQ and the S&P. So it looks like there's some positive signs there regarding inflation, but there is a bit of a caveat there. That's not the the be-all and end-all. The the key kind of CPI data is released on the 10th of June, coming into the new month. So if there's any further bad news there, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens, not only leading up to that, but then also, yeah, after after that data is released. Yeah, so. I, know, I know like here on the podcast, like we've, we've been huge that crypto is an on-risk asset. Like you have to accept it for what it is. And until the, the world starts to look a little bit more rosy, we can't really just become just chattish, gigabull um, sort of mindset. Like it has to be a little bit more methodical, unfortunately, in the current climate that we have. So I think there's always you know, potential speculating that until that next key data comes out, they might just see this relief rally continue potentially. So it's not not a bad assessment mm-hmm. to say that right now, the green that we're seeing could be temporary. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think just understanding the narrative, right? It's like yeah. anything. And I think at the moment, it, it, just the inflation data is yeah. so key. Everyone's looking at it. So yeah. definitely something to be conscious of, particularly any data out of the US traditionally. So yeah, yeah inflation at the moment is, is definitely a key one. Yeah. So I think just definitely want to just keep watching, I guess. Um, but... Now, I mean, wait a fortnight, just things just seem like they changed so much. It's crazy right now. So we've got the launch of the Terra 2.0 network. So for those that, I guess, may have remembered, we did a bit of a bump of podcasts previously just going through, I guess, what happened with the Terra Luna network and how that kind of destabilized on the back of their algorithmic stablecoin, UST. So 
The TLDR of this new fork, as it were, there was a, a vote or a consensus, as they call it in crypto, uh, to sort of change directions and pivot. So the Terra 2.0 network is going live under the ticker Luna, but essentially there'll be no stablecoin associated with that ecosystem. So the Terra Luna Classic or LUNC uh, token will live on as, its, as an older chain running in parallel to the new chain, and that will still retain that stablecoin as a key piece. So it'll be up to essentially the market to decide if they see value in that chain continuing to live. So if you're trying to sort of compare apples to apples here, I guess you could sort of consider the Terra Classic chain being similar to your Ethereum Classic chain. So everyone might have noticed there's an ETC and there's an ETH, so Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. So Similar sort of sort of circumstances, but not ex- exactly the same, but resulted in the community essentially pivoting. So basically that launch is all underway and will probably be, I guess, after the launch of this podcast, be avidly watching. I know I personally will be. Not not invested too much, but invested in the story a hundred percent. Just on what the adoption is, I guess, and if people are, are, want to buy it Absolutely. still. Is there going to yeah. be buy in there? Like, and it's interesting that it's a Genesis chain. It's not a fork. So they're pretty much starting from, oh, really? s- from scratch. From scratch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So none of the existing infrastructure or kind of utility is going to be there. So how's that going to affect buy in? Is it just going to be some kind of short term flock to yep. buy into this? And pretend, you know, is there going to be longevity there? Because given what's happened, right, there's a bit of reputational damage yep. around this asset in particular. So. I think I think the only thing they may be trying to do to push that steer, there is a reason for it to coming back is there's less centralized focus on this network. It's more owned and governed by the community. There's less single yep. person. So it was Quan Do, who was like the, the founder of Terra, basically sort of saying that this new version of the network will be mostly community run uh, as opposed to being centralized so going back to that sort of grassroots decentralized crypto narrative so whether or not people think that that's romantic enough to buy into i think that that's yeah. that's again like we're saying going to be interesting well yeah it gives the community at least a little bit more faith that it's not you know it doesn't have that risk of a centralized community like it was and obviously no stable coin to go with it as well yeah right? it's going to be another massive you know obviously will be considered less risky than, than what the first structure was so yeah Absolutely. But yeah, definitely, definitely such a huge story. Probably one of the biggest stories to come out this year. So it's um, going to be one to follow definitely moving forward. And definitely a very convenient segue into the next yeah. next Algo stablecoin. Let's 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 unpack it, mate. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, so Tron is also another, I suppose, similar well, a similar style to Luna's original setup, where they do have an algorithmic stablecoin that, that just launched actually not that long ago, and there's been a lot of uptake on that network in particular. So in terms of total locked value on their chain, it's trailing only behind Ethereum and uh, the BSC network, which is Binance Coin. So. They currently have a total uh, value of locked assets wrapped up in DeFi on their network, totaling 5.8 billion, nearing Binance Chain's total value locked of 6.9 billion. So, very interesting to see how much this network has grown off the back of the launch of its of its new stablecoin, particularly given what's happened with the Luna situation. But yeah, pretty interesting stat here. There was uh, over 600 million dollars of USDD uh, has been kind of taken up and locked on their platform within the first month of launch. So. Mate, what's, Pretty what's, massive numbers. What's, what's the play here? Sh- should we be worried? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm very conscious now of any network that kind of has its own algorithmic stable coin, just given what's happened. Um, have they said how, if it's a different in any way to UST? I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to know, but I think that's just a key lesson, right, that's come out of this lunar experience. Being a lunar holder myself, you know, it really makes you want to understand the inner mechanisms behind what's happening on a network, particularly if you're going to hold it long term. Obviously, Short term, you know, play is always um buyers know, beware. Yeah. Buyer beware, but yeah, yeah. yeah, leaving a significant amount of capital in any asset, you kind of want to be a hundred percent sure what's what's going on. As is the case with any investment, right? But 
it's kind of easy in crypto to to get caught up on you know on stories or things you read in the news and, and not yeah. pay as much attention as you should. And I don't know like uh, with UST, like they're offering like twenty percent returns yeah. annualized. I think they're USDD, as it were. They're like. I think it's something close to that. Spruiking, I think higher. It's like close to like 30 and sometimes yeah. even 40%. So, so again, I mean, is that does, sustainable? Does, does that make sense? Like, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Warning signs is, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, something to be conscious of anyway if you're looking at investing for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess moving to some more macro news. So centralized you know, digital currencies has definitely been a moving news piece for the last two years, I want to call it. It's probably been longer, but seen a lot more traction. Mm. Uh, it looks like the Reserve Bank of India has been the latest uh, yeah. wanting to introduce a digital rupee. So I know we're usually bringing up India in the podcast for crypto being banned. So yeah. this just, again... Uh, it's just interesting, right? It's, it's, yeah. I think as long as these countries can control the currency, I think they're yeah. more than happy to. So that's such a big play. Like Because yeah, other countries looking to establish central bank digital currencies or CBDCs is Russia, China, Brazil... Even the U.S. have said they consider looking into it. So, you know, and most of those countries that I just stated have all taken a similar approach to India where they've either banned it at some point or they've had some kind of negative sentiment towards it. But I think the benefits of, you know, adopting something like this is only going to be brought to the light as time goes on. And and it looks like, you know, it's already taken effect in a lot of these places as well, right? India being the latest one. Yeah. And I guess a common thread between a lot of those countries, they do have issues with, you know, fake notes circulating through their treasury system. So, I mean, this is a solution. Completely eradicates that, To fix that, right? So... It's gonna. It's just. I just can't believe just the um the flip flopping, but it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think India want to. They want to try and launch it by the end of this year. I think it's going to first go through a trial kind of state. So I don't know how. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of unravel some of these. Well, China um, did it through their railway system, I think. Like they enabled that as like their pilot. Yeah. Okay. So that was interesting. I suppose you kind of need to have a test area that you. Yep. You can't just freely kind of release it into the economy. There kind of probably needs to be some kind of targeted approach. So. Mm. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I think, yeah, we're probably only going to see more and more of this as time goes on, right? Yeah, I think just to marry that to some other news we saw from the Reserve Bank of India, they were talking about drafting up taxation law as well around crypto as well. It was about two months ago. I think we mentioned it on the podcast too now that I remember. So it kind of seems like the picture yeah. sort of painting out that, you know, it's too big to ignore. Yeah. Rather be prepared than not prepared. And yeah. I think at the same time, a lot of these countries are emerging economies, right? Well, they're not. They're, they're powerful economies, let's just say that. but. Mm. Anyone who gets this right from the get go, just oh, it's going to benefit from it, right? Like it's yeah. in it's in each country's best interest to try and. I mean, it's not like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon, anyway. No. So yeah, you might as well get on the train and try and adopt it and benefit from it. And and like you know, taxes is the easiest way, right? So yeah, yeah, just increasing regulation across all governments is only going to be to the benefit of the, those countries. Um, might be slightly biased though, working at a crypto organization, <laughs> but you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> The proof, the proof is there, right? Yeah. It's all just interesting to watch anyway. Yeah. It's good. Uh, and I guess in, in terms of being able to pay for stuff in crypto, Elon's at it again. The Doge father, as he is, tweeted that uh, Tesla merch can now be bought with Doge for, for those that think that that's valuable, um, <laughs> as well as soon as SpaceX merch as well. So as you can guess, it always elicits a reaction out of the market participants. So there was a bit of a rally. I kind of missed that. That completely missed my radar. I 
Did you? I know see you're that? usually on the Doge as well. Yeah, you are, you're a semi Doge father yourself. Yeah, um, you're always on the on the hype train there. So I'm always uh, looking for some implied volatility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I miss that one too. I feel like it's always so hard to try and catch those movements because you literally yeah. got to be watching his Twitter like a hawk, right? And yeah. Off the back of it, it just it breaks out, but and it's probably usually overnight when when we're both sleeping, being in Oz. But yeah, yeah, no, I missed it, mate. I think um, yeah, it's I, I had a chance with Doge early on in the piece. I think when it was tracking under under like. A couple of cents, and I missed it, and I've I've just always been in regret ever since. And I, I need to get a Doge pump under my belt. And it's, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. It is like a bit of a Boy Scout sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, mate? You still holding Doge, or are you? Nah, nah. Like I, I did the unfortunate. I bought it like oh, when it was like only like two or three. No, nineteen sats. I know exactly the numbers. Nineteen sats, mm. and it was pre twenty twenty pump, and I sold it as soon as I was two or three x up. Oh, mate, smart man. That's a smart thing to do. But it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, 3X though is still right. It's still, yeah. You can't you can't be too unhappy about that. But no. You always think about the opportunity to cost, right? It always feels like it's on the table. <laughs> yeah. It wants me every night. <laughs> um, nah, it's, it's, I don't know, trying try to trying to keep my nose clean these days. Too many opcoins while the markets yeah. are doing what they're doing. So, Oh, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the right strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just on that topic, like in terms of market movers, not really too much, I guess, that we can say as being a common thread between assets moving. We have in the last 14 days, Bella Protocol, BEL uh, being the ticker, up 200% in the last 14 days. So one thing that was interesting, there was a fair few of the Chili's subset fan tokens that have actually been performing really, really well. So uh, a couple of the soccer league clubs, there was uh, one of the online gaming clubs, so OG. Uh, the fan token there, uh, Santos FC, got Juventus fan token, AS Roma fan token. So, oh, yeah. well, the season's just ending. So I don't know if there's any correlation there between potentially teams, you know, winning certain cups. I know Roma won the conference league title and obviously a few teams probably qualified for the UEFA Champions League next year. So yeah. that's probably all I could, all I could find online around kind of potential reasons for why that is pumping. It is interesting to see a lot of them in there though. Yeah, it really is. Like it's, it's definitely noticeable. But um, whether or not you can draw any sort of strategy out of that, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I know that speaking about those fan tokens a while ago, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast ages ago, but it just seemed like a really cool concept that you could almost own a very special digital membership within a lot of these clubs, so have yeah. their own perks. So yeah, Absolutely. I think one of them was actually um, you could actually predict, I think it was just in a friendly match where you could have insight over how they set up their formation as well and had voting rights into actually making key decisions on that front. I don't know how successful that would work at the very high level, but interesting to see those kind of mechanisms and how they're trying to bring those in to, to give the fans more control, essentially. So I guess that covers off a lot of the, the main things we were going to run through today, John. but I had something a bit special unplanned for you today, mate. I thought right. I'd, I'd throw you under the bus. I'm <laughs> um, seeing as you're not a frequent Watch on the podcast. I know Tommy and I kind of touched on it last podcast, if not the one before that, just, I guess, sort of lessons learned, sort of what we're looking to do now with the market yep. conditions, definitely looking like we've locked in somewhat of a bear market, I guess, in terms of what price action is doing at the moment. Would you say there's anything, I guess, you've taken away from the last couple of months and maybe something that you would have changed about the way you're going about what you're doing? I guess, like, t the users want to know your 
you know, the secrets. What, what's, 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 what's Gian? <laughs> special sauce. Well, what's Gian's I wish I had all the sauce? answers, guys, but... Um... Is it ketchup and mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a bit more Italian, a bit of olive oil, chili. <laughs> yeah. um, no, look, I think I've, I've definitely grown a lot in the last year, and I, the biggest one's always taking profits, right? Like, just yeah. making sure you, you take the money when it's on the table, and that's something, particularly in, in the current state of the market, where it's, it's on hard mode. Like, last year, it was just... Yeah. easy to get carried away it was a bit too easy where everyone's it was just that natural just kind of uplift yeah. like on a you know weekly basis and yeah um now you really need to be conscious of just protecting capital is now is now probably the big thing for me so mm. probably yeah just um trying to wait for those really oversold periods in the market and just some good fundamental news like i said at the start where around cpi data so any positive news there just looking to act on 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 some key kind of news as well and yep. just kind of fit in with that narrative. Yep. And yeah, just look to take little snippets and and kind of preserve capital and yep. and make sure you just yeah, you protect your downside risk cuz like we said, you know, is is this just a temporary kind of rally that we're seeing at the moment? Like if if you look at the structure of the market, it still does look pretty bad in the scheme of things. So yeah, that's the, that's probably the big thing to me, and also maybe just making sure that any assets that I do hold long term, there's some really good kind of fundamental plays there, or, yeah. or some good kind of adoption. So Solana, I know I know you're a big Solana man. I think that's one that I'm definitely looked to to accumulate if holding long term. You just want to make sure there's a good fundamental play there and good reason to do that because there's just yeah, there's too many reasons to not go long. You know, particularly on some of these yeah. lower cap coins. And for the puncher at home, like how are you tracking those key? sort of events like you know you mentioned cpi and just consumer confidence and things like that like is there yeah. anything any cool tooling people can look into yeah absolutely like you can literally look online um and there's a, there's a website called trading economics and they've got their own calendar function and you can just set the impact so they've got all the different kind of press or news releases or data releases on there and you just set it to the highest impact and that usually correlates with american and chinese data and some euro stuff so and just, yeah, predominantly just looking for those dates, right? Inflation, yep. unemployment, the rates discussion as well is yep. a big one to follow. And just making sure that it actually, it's really easy. It tells you what the forecast is, what the consensus and what the previous data was, and then the actual data when it yep. comes out. So it's literally all there and you can kind of just measure if, whether or not the impact's going to be good or bad. Yeah. I think um, um, a lot of people get sort of a bit taken aback thinking that's very complicated. I don't yeah. know enough about economics, macro or micro to be able to comment, but that's essentially at the end of the day, there's a expected impact and it's yeah. either comes in higher, lower or as expected. And that is basically what drives sentiment, right? So I know what the forecasting of the euro inflation that they measured and reported on last month, I think it was, they expected X percent, it was X plus one, and then everyone got way more risk off because it was much more than they expected. So yeah. that's, it's as simple as that. Similar right? to the US data, it's yeah. the same with CPI on the 10th of May, it was just that little percentage bit over what they were expecting and that was enough just to cause a massive sell-off. And it's literally, I think it's it's released 10.30 Brizzy time. Yep. Um, so it's it's probably worthwhile trying to stay up and monitor that at the moment, just given the narrative is so heavily driven towards that. Mm. Um but yeah, look, there's, it's, it's really not, not that complex. Like you said, it's uh, having a base, like most economics is quite simple and, and logical when you kind of break it down. But yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people get scared off by trying to read into the, some, some of this stuff. Yeah. And, and I think what I found the most helpful as well when I did start taking this quite seriously, and it was this year, to be honest, I started paying a bit more attention to the macro. It, you really start to see a bit of a cadence. Like there'll be a key piece released at the end of, let's say, the month, usually a week or two leading up to that date people are slowly taking risk off and you see price reflecting that too. Yeah. So the bigger the impact, the more the bigger money is just sitting on the sidelines waiting for waiting for the, the news to come out, right? So Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it, it, getting into that next kind of data release on the 10th, 
probably what do you reckon around like six seventh or probably something to be conscious of and just see the reaction in markets yeah. leading up to that because i think it's always good to see a positive monthly close which is hopefully what we're seeing but then yeah i agree like as soon as we get a couple of days shy of that key piece i just maybe expect everything to stall again like where yeah. everyone's complaining about how we've just gone sideways for the last couple of weeks yeah um it could happen again just waiting because everyone's just waiting that's what it, the sentiment is i feel yeah a lot of scared money for sure yeah that brings us on to where we think the market's heading, right? We probably already covered <laughs> off on, on some of that. I, th- I think we touched on it. Like, I think everyone would have gotten hopefully something out of it. Like, again, we're not oracles. Yeah. But I think the general sentiment is risk toned down. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if, if you are a technical person, there is a, a 200 moving average that was sort of coming closer as we go higher. So, that's almost like a very good area for a point of rejection. So, yeah, I'll um just very quickly look at that right now. Remember, yeah. historically, you said every time it loses the 100-week moving average, it usually goes down then to test the 200-week, correct? That is correct. So that's, again, we kind of just want to play it level by level. I think at this stage, you can't really make too many assumptions. But yeah, that that's 200 MA, currently sitting at about 40K-ish area. So, you know, you could argue even if we get up to 40K, it's still not a case of we're out of the woods. So... Yeah, I mean, that's just the reality, right? Like, I mean, it could punch straight through. So, I think at this stage, my approach is just level to level. Whenever I've got money that I'm not going to need anytime soon, just average in. For me, it's just been specifically Bitcoin ETH. Yeah. Well, that's the other strategy, right? It's a bit less stressful. You just kind yeah. of have those levels that you DCA in and, and just set and forget and not stress, right? Because if you've got the long-term view, that's yep. definitely a more stress-free way of trading. But And um, you know what? If this podcast released tomorrow and we're sitting at 55K, so what? <laughs> yeah. So what? It's, uh, it's just the way she goes. No, one, no one's got the ocular on this one. I, I think the last time I was in the podcast with you, mate, we um we were just trekking above 45K US. And oh, yeah. Nice. We thought it was going to at least test up a little bit higher and it fell away shortly after. So yes. I think you got to live and die by your word in this game. But yeah. Yeah. Look, you have to speculate, right? It's what it's all about. Yeah. And I don't want to like drag this potty on for too much longer about new topics but i think the one thing i've also just i've always said this like tommy and i've brought it up too like now's the time if you are i guess someone that's been new to crypto you've just been on youtube and following along during the bull market a lot of um the content creators can be quite toxic absolutely and yeah you kind of gives you a great opportunity now just to fact check everyone you've been following uh that goes for us too um so twitter is also been just a hotbed of activity mm. so good time just to like you know when the market was sort of ranging you know what were the people that you're following what were they saying were they sort of having this ultra moon boy outlook on everything and not really taking into account what the bigger picture is doing you know was it too one-way skewed do you need to f- try and find other people to look into it- it's a good time to just do your research on people that do their research and just see how close were they to the mark right i think yeah. it's really important i mean you said it yeah earlier this week where you know all these people who are now calling for you know, 12K Bitcoin and yeah. really mega lows. Where were they a month ago? Like, yeah. it feels like yeah. they all kind of follow each other and they're just looking for those clicks. So, you got to keep that in mind too. Yeah, they, they want your click. Yeah. So, and the big story at the moment is just being a mega bear. So, yeah, it's very topical. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll catch you guys all in a fortnight's time. Take it easy. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.